Okay, we're up to the bottom line of Chavtesamid Beis. We said in the Mishnah yesterday that if a person sends a Shliach from Chutz Laaretz to go to Eretz Yisrael and he's unable to continue, so he has to go to Bezdin, right? he can't just hand the get over to someone else because he's the one who saw the get being written, so he's the only one who can say, So the Mishnah said that he can go to Bezdin and Bezdin will appoint a Shliach in his stead. And if that guy wants to appoint another Shliach, he goes to another Bezdin and so on and so forth. So the Gemara says, Amar Rava, I have the following question. Can Bezdin appoint a shliach? Does, does the, the shliach that's being replaced, does he have to be there? Meaning, you have a guy who's a shliach and he's not feeling well. So he calls up Bezdin. He's like, hey, can you replace him, someone for me? Does that guy have to be there in Bezdin's presence? when Bezdin replaces him. He definitely has to go the first time and say, but after that, Bezdin's like, okay, we got you. A day later, they have someone else who's a replacement. Do they have to call that guy back? Like, hey, you have to be here. In my, to, like, to officially be in his presence. So the Gemara says, No, you don't have to be there. You do not have to be there for that. Okay, quick halacha. Now, two more halachas that we've already had. There are more agav dictors thrown in over here. It's like you sort of have to break up daf into little bite-sized chunks. So it says like this. By the way, you know what's crazy? I listened to four shiurim yesterday, each over an hour at two, at two speed. This little piece of gemara, which is super easy, to the Mishnah, they spent 52 minutes, and then the rest of the daf, which I was like incredibly 12. <laughs> all of them. No, not just all of them. They all do like 56 minutes the first Ahmed. Like seven minutes for all of them and all of them based on them. Yeah, no. No, it's just whatever. It's just not. I guess you get, you start a daf and you think you have a lot of time and then you start going. You're like, oh my gosh. So anyway, Hahuda Amar. This is a famous gemara. We've had this before a couple times. Exubus. Hahuda Amar le Iloya Sinat Lassen Yoyimil Havigita. So a person tells his wife he gives her a get on condition. It only takes effect if I don't return in thirty days. Right? He was traveling. He didn't want to make her an aguna. And he said, listen, if I'm not back. Here, if I'm not back home in 30 days, it's a get. 30 days comes by. Where is he? Because again, if, if he does not come home, it's a get. If he comes home, it's not a get. Asu paskimibara. He's stuck. Traffic. Because they blocked the Van Wick. Full stop. No, over here there's a bridge. He's stuck on the other side and he's screaming. I'm coming. I'm, I'm here. I'm here. He says, uh, See, I'm here. See, I'm here. But he's not at his house. But he's stuck there because the last ferry, he missed the last boat ride. So the question is, do we say that, this a little bit of sugyang subis has to do with whether we say there's an oinus by gitin, meaning you, the, the stipulation was technically fulfilled, so it should be a get. But it, it's clearly, clearly due to an oinus. So do, do we take that into effect? Do we, do we say, I don't care about the reason. At the end of the day, we care about results. Results is, you said it's a get if you don't come, you didn't come. Boom. Or you say, no, this is an oinus. So what did Shmuel say? And Gemara says, I'm a Shmuel Loishmei Masya. He didn't get there. Now, okay. maybe it doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. He's a, it's, 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 it's a get because he did not return. Now, the, in the Gemara Ksubis, there's two possibilities as to how Shmuel holds. Either Shmuel holds that we don't care about onus, we just care about results. Or it could be that Shmuel holds, in general, we do care about onus. And in general, if you don't fulfill a stipulation due to an onus, that is a legitimate excuse. But over here, not making the ferry is such a common occurrence. It's an onus that's common. He should have stipulated he should have said, if I don't get back in 30 days, it's a get. Um, but if I'm on the other side of the river and I miss the ferry, it's not a get. Like, he should have stipulated. The fact that he didn't, that's on him. But either way, those are the two possibilities. But it's very possible that Shmuel holds an onus begin, which is, I don't care about an onus. I, you made a stipulation. 
stipulation was met, it's a get. I don't care. I don't care. I, I, I don't, I, we don't take anything else into account. So a similar story happened, similar to the, the boat. The Gemara, it's a little bit more of an extreme case. The Gemara says as follows. Um, a husband gives his wife a get on condition it will only take effect if he does not make her happy in 30 days. Meaning, she's depressed, she's unhappy. So he says, listen, let me, let me try. 30 days, 30 days, I'm going to try to make you happy in 30 days. If you're happy, no get. If you're unhappy, get. Very hard to quanti- quantify this, but Uzzel Faisa, he tries for 30 days. Well, Faisa, it doesn't work. So now here's the question. So, okay, so the Gemara says, well, it didn't work. So it's a get. But on the other hand, he tried his best. And the Gemara, this is the Gemara's basic understanding. Every, you know, money doesn't buy happiness. This is a comedian said, money, money doesn't buy happiness, but I've never seen anybody upset on a jet ski, right? Money doesn't buy happiness, but if you have enough money, this woman will probably be happy. So it makes it a lot easier. So the Gemara is saying like this, this man could not make his wife happy, right? He tried for 30 days, he couldn't make it happy. Now, if he had all the means in the world, he probably would have been able to. What's the answer? The answer is, it was out of his control. So the question is, is that an excuse? Meaning, he made a stipulation. If you're not happy in 30 days, we're divorced. Now, he tried his best. She was not happy. So, stipulation met a get. On the other hand, he tried his best within his means. If he had access to the whole world's, you know, reservoirs and all that stuff, she'd be happy. But it's an onus. I mean, the fact that she's not happy is an onus because he, in his setting, he tried his best. But he couldn't do it. But if he had if he had access to all the money in the world, and he bought her a house, and he bought her a private jet, and and he bought her a yacht, she'd probably be happy. So the question is, do we say yesh onus begitten, which means it's an onus? Listen, you tried your best. You, you don't have access to things that'll make her happy. It's not a divorce because the fact that she's not happy that's out of your control. On the other hand, I don't care about onus. I don't care that it's out of your control. You didn't make her happy. That's it. It's a result-based business. So that's the question. If yesh onus begin or ain't onus begin. So the Gemara says, Amir Rav Yosef, Rav Yosef said, you didn't give her all the money in the world. Meaning, if what would make her happy is all the money in the world, you got to give it to her. I, you don't have it? I don't care. Divorce. Meaning, Rav Yosef does not care about onus. He looks at her results. The result is she's not happy. True. No. True. But the he point is, the point is true. That's that's why they believe the ain't onus begin. I don't care. Now that's Rav Yosef. Igadami, but some have a different version. The opposite. I'm Rav Yosef. Rav Yosef said, according to this version, well, you have to give her all the money in the world. You tried your best. You tried your best, and that's all you could ask for. So according to Rav Yosef, the second version is not a divorce, because at the end of the day, you did your best to make her happy, and the only thing that will make her happy are things out of your control. Ain onus begin. So that's, I, I don't care about an onus, that, that's, that, meaning an onus is out of my control, and therefore the stipulation was not met. So that's the question. The Gemara says, "How come there be yesh onus begin? How do I enos begin?" This shaila is contingent on yesh onus or enos. It's machlokas. Two different versions of Rabbi Yosef. Okay. Now, from here until the next Mishnah, uh, the next two dots on the next Amid, it's dealing with the following premise. Okay, I'm gonna do my best. I'm gonna explain this the best that I can. The following premise is like this: You have a person who lent a kohen money. Now, Kahanim and Levim historically did not have a lot of money because they didn't have land. See, this is what the stipulation meant. You lend the Kayan $1,000 and you say, listen, on condition, you pay me back. 
but you don't owe me a thousand dollars just in general. I'm gonna, you're gonna pay me back from truma. So I'm gonna, instead of handing you the truma, I'm gonna keep the truma myself. I'm gonna sell it. I'm gonna keep the money. So it's the equivalent of me giving it to you and you giving it back to me. So I'm gonna recoup the loan from the truma and miser. Now truma is a little bit tricky because you can't eat truma. You could sell it, but you could sell it. So and keep the money. Miser is a little more simple. You go to a levy. Go to a levy. I lend a thousand dollars to a levy. He's like, listen, I don't really have a lot of money to pay back. So he's like, okay, here's the deal. I'm gonna keep miser. Instead of giving it to you, I'm just going to keep it. So I have a, a corn field. Instead of giving you the corn, I'm just going to keep the corn as payment. Okay. So you have to realize two things before we continue the Gemara. One, you're only paying back from that crop. Meaning, if that crop is gone, I don't, the levy doesn't owe you money. That was the stipulation made. The levy told the guy, I don't have a means of paying you back. And the guy said, don't worry, I'm going to take my money back from Miser. Now, if all of a sudden he loses his field, he cannot take the levy in court. That was the deal. The deal is, it's not that you owe $1,000. It's that the $1,000 will be paid back through Miser. No Miser, no payment. Secondly, you think you have to realize, is the rabbis like this. This was very good because this enabled Kehanman Levium to borrow easily. If not for these arrangements, that's where we're going to see heterim, the Chazal gave, certain ribis heterim, certain concepts. The Rabbanan like this arrangement, the Bezin like this arrangement because it enabled the Kehanim and Levim and Aniim and also poor people because they get miser money. It, it enabled them to borrow money very easily. So this is what the mission is dealing because if I go to a poor person, he's like, hey, can I borrow $1,000? And I'm like, how are you paying it back? He's like, well, keep the miser money. Tzedakah, keep miser. Instead of paying me, just keep it for yourself. Chazal like that arrangement because therefore it allows me to lend poor people easily. If not for that arrangement, I'm never getting my money back. I'm not going to do it. So that's the Gemara is going to deal with. That's the Gemara is going to deal with. But that's the basic premise of this Mishnah. Until the end of the part, I can't, what is it? There's a term, that Yishev Olam, is it? Oh, yeah, 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 no, no, Shalai Shal Tinnel Dallas, but No, no, that, that, no, that's... All of these Tachanas is to... Yeah, Shalai Tinnel Dallas, but Fnei Alevin. No, no, To not close the door before borrowers. So the Gemara, that's the best, that's the basic premise. So the Mishnah says like this, Hamalvet Mois, if you bought, if you lend money to the Kayan, a Levi or an Ani, Lies Mafrish and Aleyan, and the deal is that instead of paying them paying you back, you just separate Trumas Maisis and keep it. This has to do with the previous Mishnah. You're allowed to continue this arrangement assuming they're alive. You see, because once they die, then, uh, then seemingly, um, how are you still doing this? The answer is, it's a chazaka, people are still alive. Now, and you don't have to worry that the Kayan died, the Levi died, or the Ani became wealthy. Because if the Ani became wealthy, the deal also ends. Now, what happens if they did die? So now let's say you have, again, you have a Kayan, the Kayan, the Kayan borrows $1,000. The guy says, instead of paying me back, I'll just keep Truma. Then the Kayan dies. So the question is, can he continue this arrangement, um, taking instead of, the truma from him, from his kids, the Yarshim. So it really depends. Not every time that your father owes money do you as a Yarish have to pay. So the, the truth is in many instances you do not have to pay your father's debts. 
depends whether you have real estate or not. But if you don't have real estate, you actually do not have to continue paying your father's debts. Therefore, if the guy dies, the client dies, you can't just continue the arrangement with his kids because his kids are like, we don't owe you any money. But you can ask them permission. If they grant you permission to continue the arrangement, then you're permitted to do so. The Mishnah says, if, you, if they die, you could ask permission from the Yarshim. If they continue, if they want to make the deal with you, if they don't want to make the deal with you, they don't have the obligation to do so because it's not their debt. But, says the Mishnah, If let's say you want to protect yourself, right? You have a Kayan who borrows $1,000 from you and he's old. And you know that the second that he dies, his kids are misers and they're not going to continue this arrangement. So here's what you do. You go to Bezdin, you make the deal in front of Bezdin. Bezdin will now make it that not only can you continue the deal with him, but if he dies, you can continue to deal with the kids. The reason being, the is going to point out, Bezdin likes this arrangement, and Bezdin feels that all Kehanim would be okay with this. Therefore, even though he's, he's dead, all Kehanim of the world are happy about this arrangement because it helps the Kehanim brand that they're able to borrow freely. Therefore, if you do it in front of Bezdin, Bezdin will obligate you, will obligate all Kehanim to adhere to this. And therefore, even if that person dies, you could continue the arrangement having in mind that you're taking it from all Kehanim or all Aniyim or all Leviyim because the Bezdin knows this is good for all Kehanim. And therefore, all the Kehanim should be on board about this because even though it's not, it's not specifically their debt, it's their debt in, in regards that it helps all Kehanim to be able to borrow freely. Okay, let's start the Gemara. Now, the Gemara has the Kasha my father mentioned, which is like this. Let's go Meiser, yeah? So I borrow, a, a, a lady borrows from me $1,000. I say, don't pay me back. I'll just keep $1,000 worth of corn. Instead of giving him ice, I'll just keep it. Here's the problem. I never gave it to him. Right? Don't you have to separate, give it to him, and then take it back? It's like, how does it become his automatically? It's just sitting in my crop. Like, how does it automatically? Meister's open to all of you. So how is it like automatically that one guy's that I'm just taking it from him without actively giving it and receiving it back? So the Gemara says, never got to his hand. So it's three explanations. Rav says, you know what the case is? The case is, let's say everyone knows I have a best buddy who's a Levi. Everybody, all the Levium know this. So they know they're never getting Misa from me. So generally they're Miyayish. So the case is, the, the reason why it's automatically that guy's without actually me giving it to him is because everybody knows I only give Meiser to him. So all the other Leviim are automatically Miyayish. They know they're not going to get it. Therefore, it's Ki'ilu I already gave it to him because everybody knows I'm only giving it to him anyway. That's the case. Meaning it's a specific case where I'm best buds with a Levi or a Kayin and all the other Leviim and Kayanim and all the other Aniim know nobody's getting it other than him. So it's Ki'ilu, it's already his. That's the first explanation. The second explanation is Shmuel, Shmuel says, you make someone else do a Kenyan for them. Meaning, the case is, right, I have Meiser, I have a corn. I never actually give it to the Levi and take it back. So how does it become his? The answer is, I, I make a Kenyan Chalipin. I give you my uh, yarmulke, and I say, by you a random third party, by you acquiring this yarmulke, you're also transferring the corn to that Levi, and then I just keep it. So it's called Mezake de Acher, meaning you have to make a Kenyan, that you have a third party perform a Kenyan of acquisition on behalf of the Levi or the Kayan, and then you take it from them. And that's the second shot. And Ula Amar, Hamani Rav Yosihi, Damar Osu Sheina And Ula has a very interesting opinion in that it follows Rav Yosi. Rav Yosi has a very, very Mechudish Dekashita. In certain instances, Rav Yosi feels it's going to come up 
in Bametzia more. Rav Yosi's shita is that in certain instances, Chazal, because of Hefker, Bez, and Hefker, they just sort of have the rights to sort of do whatever they want financially. Chazal will make it yours without you doing a Kenyan. There's certain instances where Chazal are just like, it's yours, without an, a formal act of acquisition. So in this case, because Chazal wanted the loans to take place, they made it that by, without even me giving it to the Kayan and Levi, they just made it the Kayan and Levi's and then gave it back to me. So that was, again, it's a very specific, and it works according to Rav Yossi. It's a very specific, very few cases. It's a tremendous chiddush. You have to sort of, when it happens, you know about it. When it doesn't, you doesn't. So those are the three explanations as to how this works. You have Rav who says that it's talking specifically about a case where the Kayan and Levi are best buds with you and everyone, all the other Kahnemalavim know they're not going to get it, so they're miyayish. You have Shmuel who says that it's talking about where you made a third party do an act of acquisition. And the Reula says that it follows Rav Yossi who feels that there are certain instances where Chazal make it someone's without a Kenyan at all. Now the question is, why do each other not like each other? So the Gemara says very simply, Kulu kirav omri All of them don't like Rav, because Rav says it's specifically talking about a case of best friends. They, they said, it doesn't say that in the Mishnah. It never says in the Mishnah, Dafka if they're best friends. Okay, that's why they don't like Rav. They don't like Shmuel, because Shmuel said that you need a third party make, make an act of acquisition. doesn't say that in the Mishnah. And they all don't like Ula, and they don't like Ula because Ula is making it specifically in Rav Yossi, which the Rabbana don't agree with. So each one is a flawed, flawed shot. Okay, now here is the, the only real tricky part. This Brisa is going to quote the Mishnah's halacha about this arrangement, but it's going to add three or four lines. And then we're going to analyze each word of those three or four lines. The Brisa says like this, Tanar Rabbanu. The Brisa says, if you lend money to a kayan, to a levi, to a poor person, and the arrangement is that that your arrangement is that you're going to receive the payment by keeping the crops as payment, you're allowed to continue the arrangement assuming they're alive. You don't have to assume that they die. You don't have to check in all the time. There's a chazaka, people are alive. Okay, so far that's the same. Here's where it gets different. You're allowed to make it, okay, this is interesting. I, 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 I lend them the money on January 1st. I lend them $1,000. I said, I'm going to keep $1,000 worth of corn. Now, what happens if corn dramatically changes prices? Right now, at the time of the loan, corn was $5 a year. A month later, when they're, right, this is a long-term payment plan. A month later, corn is $1 a year, $10. So, how much do I get? Do I get based on the amount of corn at the time of the loan? So if, if each corn, again, I lent out, make it easy, $100, and I'm taking corn, at the time of the loan, corn was $10 a year. So that means at the time of the loan, I can only get 10. A month later, corn dropped dramatically to a dollar. So now I'm, I'm, I'm owed 100. So can I keep 10 ears only, or can I get 100? The halacha is, the, we always help out the, the, the lender. Whichever helps out the lender. So he always gets the lower price. He always gets the lower price. Meaning if it's lower at the time of the loan, he gets that arrangement. If it's lower at the time of the distribution, he gets that. He always gets the lower price to help him out. Okay, that's so far so good. Now here's the, here's the tricky part. And it's not a ribis issue. Now, the reason why this is strange is because he's able to get out. He's able to get out. Okay, good. He's on the other side. Ain't Ribis. 
Now, the reason why this is tricky, I, again, I'm not a big bucky. We're, this is a big sugya in Bamatsiya. But let me just explain. You are not allowed rabbinically. Now, obviously, a ribis biblically is I give you $10 and I say I want $15 back. That's biblically ribis. But that's a loan and, I, and a guaranteed uh, charge of over uh, over 25% or over a sixth. Okay. But that's that's not what we're talking about. Over here is like this. You're not allowed. Let's say I go to a farmer. Yeah. And I go to a farm. I go to a store, and I say, "Listen, I'm paying a thousand dollars now. I'm gonna, I'm gonna pay now for fruit, but I want the fruit in six months." You're not allowed to do that. Why? Because at the time of the, even though it is, it's a, it's a, it's a purchase. It's not a loan. Rabbinically, you're not allowed to do it because it looks like it's a loan. Because think about it. Right now, think if it's, if it's a purchase, I'll tell you the arrangement. The purchase is I'm giving you a thousand dollars, and instead of getting corn now, I'm getting corn in six months. Okay, you can do whatever you want. That's a purchase. Transactions are fine. But this is how it could be perceived. It could be perceived as a loan that I'm loaning the supermarket a thousand dollars. And I'm getting back, instead of getting back corn based on the corn now, I'm getting back corn in six months, which is cheaper. Now, the reason why that looks like a loan is because right now, if I loan you $1,000, corn is worth $10. So I'm only going to get 100 ears. But in six months, it drops to a dollar. I'm getting 1,000 ears. It looks like I loaned you money. And I'm gaining more because of my advanced loan, right? Because I loaned you money six months ago, the, the Wassermans, instead of giving me 100, he's giving me 1,000. Now, technically, it's not ribis because it's not a loan, it's a transaction. But it looks, Chazal didn't like how it looked. Again, these are sugyas that we'll deal with in Babansiya. Over here, that's what you're doing, and we're allowing it. I'm lending him, but this is a loan. I'm lending him the money. I'm lending him $1,000 to take back in corn, and I'm stipulating that although corn at the time of the loan is worth $10 an ear, I'd like the corn at a dollar an ear at the time of distribution. And we're allowing that. Even though generally that type of arrangement would be rabbinic ribis, we are permitting it. And the Gemara will explain why we're permitting it in a little bit. But that's, oh, that was actually pretty good. Okay, uh, second halacha, ein shmish mishmatasai. Shemitah does not cancel this arrangement. We'll see why, right? This is a loan. Shemitah should cancel. It does not. We'll get to in a second. And if the, uh, the, the lender wants to cancel, he can't. Now, the reason that makes a lot of sense, the Gemara is going to elaborate. The reason why that makes sense is I already loaned you the money. I mean, I loaned you, I loaned the Kayan $1,000, and I said, listen, I'm going to take it back $10 a month. Instead of giving you Meiser, Truma, I'm just going to keep it. Three months in, I'm like, I don't want to do this anymore. I want cash. Nope, you can't do that. You already paid him. The loan deals, he already took the money, and the only way you're going to get your distribution back is through the miser. There's no choice. There's no backing out. Now, if he wants, if the coin wants to change it, that's his prerogative. But if you want to change it, you can't. The guy already took the money. You can't back out. The deal's already done. Okay. Nesiyayishu abaylim. This is also interesting. Nesiyayishu abaylim. Ein mafresh Let's say, again, same arrangement. I loan the Kayan and Levi $1,000 on condition that I take it back through Trumas and Meisers, through my field. All of a sudden, terrible storm, my field is destroyed. The halacha is, um, if your field is destroyed and you're miyayish from ever having Trumas and Meisers enough, then you don't, he doesn't owe you money. Because again, as I said before, he doesn't owe you $1,000. You made a deal that he's going to pay you $1,000 through distributions of Trumas and Meisers. No Trumas and Meisers, no money owed. So if there was a period of time where you thought you didn't have a field anymore, you thought you were Miyayish from your field, then you're Miyayish. 
that even if your field grows later on, you already forgot about your debt. You already were moichel your debt. It's not a debt on the person. It's a debt from these distributions. You lost that distribution, no more debt. Therefore, even if you magically regrew your field, irrelevant. It's done. You earned me Ayish, deals, deals done. He thought he was out, we're out. Okay. Okay. Now that was the brisa. Now we're just going to reanalyze each line of the brisa. Not too bad. The Gemara says, Amr that you're allowed to make an arrangement that the the lender always gets the better deal. So he'll he could always get a lower price. If the lower price is at the time of the lend, then he'll get the lower price. If the lower price at the time of distribution, then he gets the lower price of, price of distribution. Pshita, it's simple. The chiddush is even if he did not make that arrangement, he still gets the better deal. So if you loaned a kayan a thousand dollars for corn, and at the time of the loan, a corn is ten dollars in the year, but the time of distribution it's a dollar you're going to get the dollar value and you're going to get more corn even if you didn't stipulate we'll do that for you okay now it says the mishnah so the price now it's not ribis now that's strange because this arrangement as i mentioned is rabbinic ribis so my taima kivan it's interesting to understand this but why is this not ribis the answer is this is a risk on my part you see alone for it to be ribis it has to be that there's ribis by its nature. Let me just get some for a second. Part of the deal of ribis, for it to be even biblical or rabbinic ribis, for the record, it has to be that it's a sure deal, right? That's what the Torah doesn't like. The Torah doesn't like that loaning on interest is I give you a thousand dollars and I'm getting fifteen hundred back. You see, investments are not ribis, because investments, there's risk. It has to do with defining ribis, which we'll get to in Bab Mitzia. Anytime there's a major risk and I can lose all my money, then it's not a loan, it's not going to be a classic ribis. That's more of a, an investment, it's more of a transaction. In this case, when I loan the Kayan $1,000 and I say, hey, I'm going to take money back through the corn, what happens if my cornfield is destroyed? We said, if your cornfield is destroyed, I don't get my money back. So even if I'm getting at a higher value, which generally is rabbinic ribis, Chazal were not strict in this case because A, they wanted to incentivize the loans, but also B, more importantly, because there's a chance I could lose all my money, that's not a loan. It's not perceived as a loan. It's perceived more as a transaction. I am paying for the corn up front six months from now, and it's a risk. It's sort of like I'm giving $1,000 at the risk of buying corn at a cheaper value then perceiving it as a loan for it to be a loan if there's a chance i lose all my money that's not a loan that's more of a, a business deal so because there's a chance i lose all my money chazal are going to be more lenient considering the fact this entire thing is only rabbinic ribbis okay right in the gemara that's not bad the gemara says the ancient mishmatosai does not cancel this arrangement why the answer is doli karina be you guys because when the tire describes uh, Shemitah, it says you shall not laigas, you shall not demand the money. Anytime, Shemitah only cancels loans that there's demanding. Over here, there's no demanding, there's no interaction between me and him. I just take it automatically. Therefore, it's technically not a problem. Uh, Shemitah does not cancel. And you cannot cancel the arrangement. The one who cannot cancel the arrangement is the lender because over here I already gave you the money meaning I give you the thousand dollars and I say I'm going to take back corn every month and three months in I want to cancel I can't because I already gave you the money there's no cancel I'm not gonna get my money back there's no there's no changing the terms I already gave you the money 
The only one who could change the terms is the receiver. If you want to pay through a different form of distribution, that's up to you. But I can't, I can't cancel and be like, I want the loan to not happen. It already happened. It's too late. I already gave you the $1,000. You're hoping to get your money back. Well, the terms of the deal is that this is the only way you're getting your money. So that, that can't change it. So when it said the Mishnah says, the Bryson says you can't cancel, it means I, the lender, can't cancel because I cancel. I already gave you the money. Money's out of my account already. You could cancel in as much that you could pay differently, but I can't cancel the loan. It's like you already give your money to the, you gave your money to the bank. You loan them and then you're like, oh, I don't want to do that. Well, it's too late. You already gave the money. <laughs> That's it. There's no, there's no, there's no backing out once the money's drawn from the account. Okay. Now, we said that if you lost hope, meaning that your field got flooded and you thought you're not going to have any true misamaisus, you're miyayish, therefore the debt is already uh, released and cleared. Pshita is pretty posh. You already said you said you're only going to get debt from. You're only going to receive payment from the corn. No corn, no payment. The case is that after it started, uh, as it was getting destroyed, there was a little bit of growth. So it, it completely wiped out, and you look at your field and it's completely destroyed, there's like a little bit of growth in the corner. So you might think the fact that there's a little bit of growth, he wasn't really miyayish. No, the answer is when the field is destroyed, he's miyayish. The Gemara says, Okay, now we said in the Mishnah that you make this arrangement with a Kayan. Now once the Kayan dies, you have to continue the arrangement with the, with the Yorish, but you need consent because the Irish doesn't matter, doesn't automatically have to pay. But if you go through Bezdin, Bezdin will take care of it because, as I said in the Mishnah, Bezdin is happy about this arrangement. So how does it work? Again, I, I borrowed money from a Kai and that Kai and dies, so oh, I can't just like so Bezdin's like continue taking the money from who? Who who who's paying this guy's debt? So the Gemara is going to say all the Kehanim. Why? Chazal made it because they knew that Kehanim, this is good for Kehanim. It's good for the Kehanim brand, that there are people willing to lend them money easily. Therefore, even if this Kayan dies, all the Kehanim are willing to pay. It's sort of all the Kehanim, like Chazal are forcing them to all cover the, cover the bill. So the Gemara says, If you lend a Kayan or Levi money in front of Bezdin, Umesu, and they die, Mafishalein. You continue taking money on behalf of all kehanim. Okay, they're all paying the bill. Similarly, a poor person, you borrowed, money, you lent money to a poor person, and you did the arrangement. You're going to keep the meiser money each month, and then the poor person died. You did in front of bezdin. The halacha is bebezdin umeis mafresh becheska ani yisrael. You collect on behalf of all aniim of klal yisrael. All aniim of klal yisrael are willing to pay for this because it's good for the poverty brand. Now, Rav Achi Omar, he has a slightly different version. He says, Cheskas Instead of Aniyei Yisrael, you're doing it on behalf of the poor people, poor people worldwide, not poor Jews, poor people worldwide. So they both agree the same, it's the same result, but it, 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 what's the difference between poor people worldwide or poor Jews? So the Gemara says, Mai benayu, what is the difference? kutim. The difference is, how do you perceive kutim? Look at Rashi. Rashi says, Meaning, if there, if there are poor people in the city, you, you do it on behalf of all the poor people in the city. If there's no poor people in the city, you do people on behalf of the poor people worldwide. So why does he mention Aniyei Yisrael? Because the case was, there's no poor people in the city, but there's kutim in the city. If you hold the kutim are Jews, then you could continue doing it on behalf of Aniyei Yisrael. If they, the kutim are not Jews, then you have to do it on Yisrael worldwide because kutim are going. It's just based on based on the, how do you perceive kutim. But it, it's the exact same conclusion, same arrangement. Okay, Viter in the Gemara. Uh, two more quick quick pieces, then we'll do one last sugya. Um, 
Hashira Ani. Okay, so very, very quickly. You made a deal with a, with a, uh, with a Kayan or a Levi in front of Bezdin, and then the Kayan or Levi died. Bezdin still works with you and continue taking the money on behalf of poor per- people worldwide. Now, what happens if instead of the Ani, Kayan, or Levi dying, the Ani got wealthy? So says the Gemara, Hashira Ani, ain't mafish Allah, If the poor person got wealthy, this arrangement stops. You cannot continue this arrangement. You'll have to get money from him in other ways. But this arrangement is over. I Meaning, I don't care if you did in Bezdin. It's not like Bezdin's like, you know, continue on behalf of... Because you could see Bezdin saying, even though the guy's wealthy, still continue this arrangement because it's good for poor people that this arrangement... No, no, no. They hooked up dead Kahanim, Levim, and, and, and Aniim that died. They'll hook you up. Wealthy Aniim, Aniim that became wealthy, we're not helping you. Arrangement's over, you're going to have to collect money in other ways. So the Gemara says, How come the Rabbana and the Bezdin made a deal to help uh, people that die, that continue, if they die, continue on behalf of poor people worldwide? But if the poor person becomes wealthy, they don't help you at all. So what's the difference? The answer is, For a poor person to become wealthy, it's very uncommon. Chazal did not get involved for things that are uncommon. Death is common. The Gemara says, people say, If someone dies, that, 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 that's believable. Someone becomes wealthy, unbelievable. So basically, it's not a, it's not a common occurrence. Now one more sugya, and then we'll do, we'll do, okay, we got time, we got time. We're doing, we're doing, we're doing well. One more quick sugya, and then a second sugya. Okay. All right. The Gemara says like this, Tanya, now, if the, if the person dies, you have to ask permission from the Yarshim because they do not have to pay. So it says the Gemara, Tanya, Rabbi Oimer, Yarshim, Shiyarshu. You you're only allowed to ask permission from uh, Yarshim that are Yarish. Inheritors that inherit. So, okay, the Gemara says, V'chiyika Yarshim Yarsi. Are there inheritors that don't inherit? So, Elam Rav Yechon, Shiyarshu Karka, What it means is like this. You only... It only applies to a Yarish who collected land. If he collects land, if he collects real estate, then the halacha is that he has to pay his father's debts. But if he collects, if he doesn't collect real estate, he doesn't have to. So then you have to ask permission. So if the son, if it was left over land, then then the sons have to pay over the father's debts. If it was cash, they do not have to pay over the father's debts, and if you have to ask them permission. Okay. Now the Gemara says, now let me ask you a question. That means that the father owed. Uh, you lent $1,000 to the father, and then you said, I'm just going to collect $1,000 worth of uh, corn. So that's the deal. The father dies, and he left over land. So you're allowed to continue taking $1,000 worth of corn on behalf of the land, because once they, they inherited land, they inherited debt as well. What if the land is very, very small? Does it matter? What if he didn't live over land that's worth $1,000? Does it make a difference? Meaning, if the, if the father left over land that's worth $1,000, then the children have land, have a debt of $1,000, have means to pay over the $1,000, so you could continue the arrangement. What if the father left over a parcel of land that's worth 10 bucks? Does it make a difference? So the Gemara says, If you got a very small piece of land, you collect a very small amount of money. Meaning, Rav Yenison feels that you could only collect the value of the debt Let's say you lent him $1,000. You can't just collect $1,000. You can only collect the value of the land that the father left over. Because their obligation to pay is by proxy of receiving land from their father. If the land's worth 50 bucks, they only have to pay 50 bucks of the debt. 
That's Rav Yehonasan's take. Rav Yehonasan disagrees. He says, no, afilo heniach malay macha goyvim malay kardum. Ukamais dektina labaya. Rav Yehonasan says, no, the truth is, even if they left over a parcel of land worth $50, you could collect $1,000. Why? Where do we find such a precedent? So this is a sugi in Ksubis. The story goes with a katina dabaya. The story goes that someone lent someone $100, and then when he died, he left over land worth 50. So the guy collected $50 in land. That's the only thing he could do. The Yarshim wanted the land back and paid $50 to, 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 to buy the land back from the, the person who collected it. So he gets $50 from them. Again, he, 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 again the, the, the father borrows 100. The Yarshim, he dies. The Yarshim have a $50 plot of land. So the guy takes the $50 plot of land as, as, as payment. They don't want him to, to, to keep the land. So they give him 50 bucks to buy him out. He takes the $50 and he says, and I'm now taking the land back because I got the $50, great. Now you have a $50 parcel of land and I'm going to take it back. And you play that game over and over again until you get all your money back. So you see from here that even if the father left a small amount of land, you could potentially collect a larger debt using finagling and using chachma. So to over here, even if the father left a $50 parcel of land, you could continue the arrangement of $1,000 because you see a precedent of collecting more than the value of the land itself. Now, Rabbi Bornstein stopped here. I'm not going to stop here. I'm, I'm going to give it four minutes. We're going to do a little bit more of the sugya. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not stopping here. It's a short omen the next time, but I'm not doing that. We're going to do five minutes. If you can, great. If not, if you got to go, I understand it's late. Taner Abonan. Yisrael Shamar Lelevi. A Yisrael tells a Levi, Meiser Yeshlach Biyadi. Okay, now, basically, what it seems to be the case is like this. A Yisrael tells a Levi like this, I separated $100, not, no loan, stop. I separated $100 worth of Meiser, I tell a Levi, hey, I got $100 of Meiser in my house. Instead of giving it to you, can I, can I, uh, I buy it off you. Here's 100 bucks. I want to keep it. Okay. Now, he didn't mention how much meiser. He just said meiser yeshlech biyadi. The halacha is in chayshel truma's meiser. There's no concern of truma. Now, I don't know what this means. The Gemara is going to clarify what this means. Shabbat kur meiser yeshlech biyadi. But if instead of saying I have meiser, he says I have uh, 10 pounds of meiser, he gives a kur, he gives a specific amount. He actually explains the measurement. Then chayshel truma's meiser shabbat. Then we are concerned about truma's meiser. Now, what does this mean? This is a very cryptic line. But the case seems to be that he tells a levy, hey, I have truma in my possession. He doesn't say the amount. I'd like to buy it off you. If he doesn't say the amount, we're not concerned about Trumas Meiser. If he says the amount, we are concerned about Trumas Meiser. Now, what does this mean? Now, for the record, Trumas Meiser means that when you give Meiser to a Levi, he has to separate a percentage of that as Trumas Meiser. So the case is you tell the Levi, I have, I have Meiser in my possession. I'd like to buy it off you. If he doesn't say the amount, there's no concern of Trumas Meiser. If he says the amount, there is a concern. Now, what does this mean? I, I know that I don't make sense because I haven't clarified what I meant. That's what the Gemara says. So now we're going to go through... Three possibilities, and then we're done. Uh, possibility number one. My Omar, what, what do you mean? Now, Omar Abaya Hachi Kamar. Abaya says, This is what he means. Yisrael Shamar Levi Maisa Yeshach Biyadi. Vihilach Damav. Ein Chayshe Shema Asu Trumas Maisa Amakamacher. Kor Maisa Yeshach Biyadi. Vihilach Damav. Chayshe Shema Asu Trumas Maisa Amakamacher. Okay, you know what this means? You go over to the Levi. The Levi, whenever he gets Maisa, he has to separate a ten. So you go over to the lady and you say, listen, hey, I got, I got some meiser in my possession. I want to buy it off you for 100 bucks. No problem. There's no concern that the lady's messing you over. You give him the $100, you keep the meiser. Good. But if you say a specific amount, a core, if you say a core, 
then what we're concerned is the following. Instead of saying, I have Meiser, you say, I have a core of Meiser. Here's what we're afraid of. You tell the lady, hey, I got a core of Meiser in my possession. Can I buy it off you for 100 bucks? He hears it's a core. You know what he's going to do? He's going to take the 100 bucks. You know what he's going to do? He has to separate a lot of Trumas Meiser in general. right? Every time he gets Meiser, he's got to separate a tenth. You know what he does? You have a core of Meiser? I've made, let's say a core is worth 100 bucks. I've made $1,000 this month. In, in general, Meiser. That all of it is my Trumas Meiser. I Meaning so he takes the money. And instead of letting you go, right, he's taking the money, he's like, it's yours. But before he makes it yours, he takes all of his meiser in his house, he makes that the trumas meiser of the meiser, and completely makes you makes it ownerless, makes it not makes it ownerless, it makes it to a kayan, and completely messes you over. We're concerned about that. You hear what I'm saying? Again, the case, the arrangement is, just my two minutes, the arrangement is that you have, I tell the lady, I have a cour of meiser in my house. I'd like to buy it off you for $100. He's like, yeah, sure, I'll take the cash. And then, instead of just taking the cash and going, he thinks to himself, that's a cour of meiser. You know what I'm going to do? I got a lot of meiser in my house. I'm going to make all that my truma meiser. Boom. And then, you know what? You just paid $100 for things you can't eat. And that's what we're concerned about. So we're concerned that the lady mamish messed you over. So the Gemara says, Are we we're dealing with Rishoyim? The shockly dumb of Mishamli Trumas Meiser that are going to take money and then completely mess you over? No way. So rather, a second shot of what the Gemara. El Amar of Mishar Shibid the Ravidi Hachikamar. Yisol Shamar Leben Levi Meisel Avicha Biyadi Hilch Damav Echoyshem Aosu Aviv Trumas Meiser Amakam Acher Kor Meisel Avicha Biyadi Hilch Damav Choyshem Aosu Aviv Trumas Meiser Amakam Acher. Here's the case. The case is where I have Meiser from a Levi. I separated Meiser for a Levi. I told the, I told the Levi about this. I said, hey, you got some Meiser in my possession. I don't want to buy it from you. I just want to tell you, pick it up. Pick it up one of you. One time I tell him I have Meiser. Another time I have Kura Meiser. Then the guy dies. So I call up the son. I'm like, hey, I told your dad before he died that I have Meiser in my possession. Instead of you picking it up, I'd like to just buy it off you. If it's Meiser, not a problem. If it's a Kura Meiser, we're afraid that the father made it his Trumas Meiser before he died. Now, this wasn't to mess you up because the father never thought it was a business transaction. The case was you called up a levy and you said, hey, I have a core of Meiser in my possession. You want to pick it up? He's like, yeah, I'll pick it up tomorrow. On his way to pick it up, he gets hit by a bus and he dies. Now, you call up the son. You're like, hey, your dad was going to pick up Trumas Meiser from me. I have a core. The truth is, can I just buy it off you? I just buy it off you for 100 bucks. The halacha is we're concerned that the father before he came to pick it up, made it his Trumas Meiser for all of his Meiser possession. He made that his Trumas Meiser to give to the Kayan. And he's not messing you up because he didn't know you were buying it off. He, he, he just thought I was picking it up. That's the concern. Now the Gemara just ends off with this. The Gemara says, one, one more Gemara. The Halacha is, you're not allowed to do that. What are you concerned that the Levies did? The Levy hears that there's a core of Meiser in your possession and he's going to pick it up. And you know what he's going to do? He's going to take all the Meiser in his house that he made that month. Again, every time a, Me- a Levi gets Meiser, he has to separate a tenth for a Kayan. Called Trumas, Ka- Trumas Meiser. So what are you concerned about? The Gemara is saying the concern is he hears that there's ten pounds of Meiser in your house. He's on his way to pick it up before he gets hit by a bus. He says, that's ten pounds of Meiser. I've actually, I've actually made a hundred pounds of Meiser this month. I'm going to make all of that my Truma Meiser. The halacha is you're not allowed to do that. You're not allowed to separate Trumas Meiser not in, the, in one location. To do this is a very bad idea. In general, Chazal did not allow this l'chachila because Chazal were afraid that if you separate Shumas Meisers, not in the location of the Meiser itself, meaning you have your Meiser here and you're just separating Shumas Meisers in a different location, what happens if there's a fire? 
And you don't know that. And you think you separate Shumas Maisa and you didn't. So no way that that's the arrangement. So rather, we'll end with this. Rather, the Gemara says, you know, the answer is very simple. It, we're not worried about the levy messing you over, and we're not worried about the levy making it Trumas Mises. This is the case. 836 will be done by 840. Here's the case. The case is, when you have Miser in your possession, yeah, and you give it to the levy, the levy has to separate Trumas and Miser. He has to separate a tenth to the coin. If you're a big tzaddik, like Rechaim Kanievsky, yeah? My son-in-law is coming here for Davening Friday night, you have a big tzaddik, Rechaim Kanievsky. You think that he would give a levy, he would give a levy, Meiser, without separating Trumas and Meiser himself? Yeah. So he would separate Trumas and Meiser himself. He wants to make sure everything's good. He doesn't want to give the levy stuff that he can't eat. So what the big tzaddikim would do is they would give the levy money, the Meiser, but before they would give it to him, they would separate Trumas and Meiser for him. So says the Gemara, the case is, you call a levy and you said, listen, my dad before he died had some miser for you. Or my dad before he died had some miser for your father. I just came to his possession. He never told me the amount. If he never told the amount, because he doesn't know the amount of miser, he did not separate Trumas Mises for you. If he knows the amount, then he'll help the levy. So then, so the question is, it's not a matter of the levy messing you up, the levy separate from Meister. It's very simple. The guy calls up the levy and he's like, hey, my dad before he died had some Meister for you. If he, if he didn't know the amount, the dad, if he didn't know the amount that he had, he just knew there was Meister, he's not going to separate from his Meister because he doesn't know the amount. If he knew that it was one pound of Meister, then the guy will separate it for the levy so the levy can just come and eat comfortably without assuming there's any Trumas and Meisters. So the point is, if there's a specific amount, then the Balabayas will separate it for the levy. And the Gemara just ends off with this, the Chiesh Roshosla Balabayas, Lichon Trumas Meiser, there's such a precedent, you're allowed to separate Trumas Meiser for the levy? The answer is yes, in Abalazar ben Gamlahi, it falls Abalazar ben Gamla, who felt that a, 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 an owner, before he gives it to the levy, can separate Trumas and Meiser. Abalazar ben Gamla Oimer, the Pasuk says that a levy, it says trumaschem, plural truma. There's two types of truma. Achas truma gedola, there's the original truma that you give to a kayan. And then there's the trumas meiser, which is the amount that the levy gives to the kayan. But they're equated. How so? Just like regular truma, there's no specific amount. It's either a 40th, or a 50th, or a 60th. It's a general amount. And truma, you could separate just in your mind. If you just think in your mind, that's for the kayan, it, it works. And you have to give it to him. Kach trumas meisus. So too it is the uh, the ten percent that the levy gives to the kohen. Nitelus ba'imid. It could be an estimation. Does not have to be exactly ten percent. Machshava. It could be done mentally. Ukashem sheish rishus labalabayis lutchen trumas gadoyla. Kach yishrishus labalabayis lutchen trumas meiser. And just like the balabayis can separate the original truma, so too the balabayis can separate trumas meiser on behalf of the levy. And that's the case when it's a specific amount.